You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. This is Sacred Tension, the podcast about the discipline of asking questions. My name is Stephen Bradford Long, and we are here on the Rock Candy Podcast Network. For more shows like this one, go to rockcandyrecordings.com. All right. Before we get started, as always, I have to thank my patrons who are funding my debilitating content creation addiction. This show is a one-man operation. I do all of the recording, all the editing, all the booking. And as Jack Maturko here can attest to, sometimes booking is a crazy process. (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) Um, We went back and forth forever trying to get a time. But here we are. All right. So for this week, I have to thank Elizabeth Washburn, Nixie Lionheart, Diane Kochneff, and Patricia Moreno, patrons who have signed up over the past month. And for anyone who signs up, you get extra content every single week, including my House of Heretics podcast with ex-Salvation Army officer churned Christian heretic Timothy McPherson. Uh, And we talk about politics, whatever's going on in the world that day, theology, Christianity, Satanism, philosophy, all kinds of interesting things. And as a patron, you can listen in live and join in on the chat uh, every Wednesday morning. So if that's interesting to you and you would like to support my work, then please just $1 a month is all it takes to keep me off the streets sucking dicks to fund my content creation addiction. All right. With all of that out of the way. (laughs) Jack Maturko, how are you? I'm 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 doing surprisingly okay, I think. I'm so glad. It's been too long. Uh, Whenever whenever you show up on the show, I'm like, wow, it's been it's been way too long. I enjoy it. Yeah, we have these big gaps between when we Yes, we do. Are on one of each other's media somehow. Exactly, exactly. So but you you are on today because you have a book. You have a book. I do. Um, you, have a new book you, you sent me a PDF. Yes, it is called Needs Must. He is showing it, but this, but because this is a podcast, none of you can see. None it. of you can see it. How, <laughs> however, yeah, you sent me a PDF of it like an hour ago. I looked, yeah, I'm just, well. I, I looked know, at honestly. The, t- <laughs> the thing is, you you've been around the whole thing long enough that you read most of the Pathios content while I was writing it. Anyway, absolutely no, and I'm, because, I'm super familiar with the work. I've been following your blog for years. I was following uh, for Infernal Use only. Your blog was one of the first things that I discovered when I became a Satanist back in 2017. Like it was when I was doing the Googles for Satanism, trying to find information on Satanism. And in 2017, 2018, your blog was one of the top resources. I tried. Yeah, yeah. It was was a great blog. And now, by the way, you are still writing uh, at OnlySky. Yeah, I'm over at OnlySky.media now, uh, which is kind of how the book happened, because when we made the move, you know, under under the contract, Pathios had universal rights to just keep the content up right but then after all the non-religious channel people left uh they they decided to take it down and i spent enough time doing document production formatting that i can put it in a book so that's what i did 
Yeah, that's amazing. So I was glancing over the table of contents and it's a really, really valuable resource what you've put together here because it's basically like a journal. You're not a you're not a journalist. What would you be? A columnist? It's like a columnist. columnist. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, a columnist's history of TST over the past I don't know, how long? Five years? That that covers 2017 to 2021. Yeah, 2017 to 2021. And and it's articles uh like current events and Satanism with some philosophy there. And I think it's uh I, I think you know we need more people doing stuff like that, kind of being archivers of our history. Uh, because this that stuff is important, and as our religion grows and hopefully moves into the future, you know, I think that your book might be a reference point for for a lot of them. Yeah, that's kind of what I, I wanted it to be like a time capsule of this was the contemporaneous reporting while it was happening for this period. Right, right. So I don't think that we we've talked about this yet, or maybe we did. You've been on several times, and I I I just glanced actually at the uh episode count i am now at just over 200 episodes on sacred tension i think that's or maybe, great or maybe just under yeah so you are a handful of those 200 ish episodes so we probably talked about this but i don't remember what got you writing about Satanism in the first place? What was the thing that inspired you to be like, okay, Satanism, of all the things in the world, I could write about knitting, I could write about goats, but it, Satanism it, is the thing. It, it, well, the, it, it's mostly just a, a, a timeline of associations and who I was connecting with while pursuing my own activist agenda, right? Mm. Like... Uh, I was doing a podcast called Left Hemispheres when the Rick Scott rally thing happened. And we covered that on that show. And I was like, huh, this is an interesting idea. And then for uh, people, for pe- we're going to have to tell people what the Rick Scott rally was. <laughs> oh, okay. we're going to have to tell well, people. That, that's, that, what... well, that's right at the start of the document at the Hail Satan document. Oh, yes, it is. Rick yeah. Scott so rally. everyone just yeah. go watch Hail Satan. Yeah. And then you'll, you'll get it. And then you'll get it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so that was the first time I, I heard about TSD. And then. Uh, as things kind of progressed and they started doing uh, the reproductive rights campaign, I thought that was a great idea. And that's when uh, me and Andy were doing Naked Diner, which we managed to get Jex on. And like the weekend after or we had Jex on the show on the weekend. And then that next Monday was when the Phoenix invocation thing happened. Right, right. So it was already like, OK, so. so who are these two? Stu and Michelle. All say, right, say, that, say that one more time. Introduce ourselves to them and see what they're doing. You broke up just uh, momentarily. So so oh, oh, oh. you had um uh that was when the Phoenix thing happened. Yeah. Okay. So right after we had taped with Jex to talk about the reproductive rights stuff was when the Phoenix invocation thing happened. <laughs> right. With it, Stu and Michelle. So that is what snowballed me into getting in touch with them and getting more involved that way. Yeah, and Stu wrote the the introduction yeah, to your book. Yeah, wonderful forward, very probably more glowing about me than I'm comfortable with, but well, it's a very good forward from Stu. Stu is great. Very I love thankful Stu. for him doing that. Yeah, he's a great friend, and um, yeah, he's awesome. He everyone should go watch the show that you did with him on um, on um, what's it called? on TFC TV on TFC Devil's TV. Dispatch. Yes, Devil's Dispatch. Anyway, so yeah, so you just kind of 
as a content creator, as a blogger, you found yourself kind of continually engaging in TST's history is what mm-hmm. is what I'm hearing you say, where it's like, oh, this is interesting. And you just find yourself connecting with people and kind of engaging with these seminal moments in TST's history, like the Arizona incident that sounds like it was a ufo abduction the Ariz- <laughs> the the, the um, uh council what what did you just call it the 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 phoenix invocation y- yes the phoenix invo- <laughs> yes the i guess i don't know if the it was phoenix a invocation situation all of which can that's also in the T- in the uh, hail satan documentary yeah yeah. So so a lot of these big moments are in the Hail Satan documentary and you've just kind of found yourself reporting on them and being drawn into them and and a lot of these events are in your book. Yeah. Well, I I tried to I think at the time mostly was it the thing about uh the site that I was working on it was it was nominally, you know, interfaith participatory dialogue kind of thing. And so I think it was important that somebody who was on there to be like, well, okay, we're going to take this Satanism idea seriously and, you know, make the best case that I can for where I, what I think they're trying to say and if they've got a good point or not. And I think they always have. And I've always kind of, you know, well, you, you did something really important at Pathios where, so Pathios is, I would say the primary platform on the internet for "Quote unquote religious dialogue." Well, it's I guess it's an open debate as to how much religious dialogue actually happens at Pathios, but mm. you were one of I think you were the first Satanist in that forum to basically be like, "Yes, I am I am a Satanist, and I deserve to be part of this conversation and part of this yeah. platform." It, it, I, it wouldn't have happened without headquarters being a thing either. Oh, how so? Uh, the Arizona chapter, we were there for Stu and Michelle to give talks and stuff. And we just all kind of like, well, let's all go, go take a vacation in Salem, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we were all hanging out there and I was talking to, to Lucian at some point and he had mentioned Pathios and said that he kept mailing the editors trying to figure out how to get space there. And I had already known the editor uh, of the non-religious channel because he'd been on my show a few times. So I reached out to him and I, I it was kind of a let me see what I can do situation. And then a couple months later, I okay, we've got a blog now. What are we gonna Amazing? Yeah, and and for infernal use only. It was kind of a collect it was mostly you, but there would like Lucian would occasionally. Lucian write would write on some there. stuff. Um yeah. uh Daniel from, from Black Mass Appeal contributed a couple times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it it was a fantastic blog. And so now you've consolidated it, like I guess the greatest hits of for infernal use only yeah and and i've just kind of roughly organized it by type of activity right so so there's a chunk that's arkansas there's the chunk that's reproductive rights and awesome and and yeah and i saw that you did it by theme like there is one one like there was a section about autonomy a section on freedom yeah it's it i pulled one word from each of the tenants and just like "Eh, okay that this is the one for this chunk (laughs) Um, so as you've been going through that consolidating process, as, as you went through that process of editing this book and you were going through these old articles, very often when I do that, I, 
I notice new things in my own work and maybe new themes come to the surface or did anything like that happen for you as you were organizing this book? What came to the fore? It it wasn't so much that as I think it's, it's one thing in the moment when you're writing, you know, a couple articles a week and it's very, okay, you're switching from one topic to the next, Mm -hmm. depending on what the news cycle is versus having all the articles in one place and going reading one after the other and, and getting a full like storyline scope of this years long block of time, I think adds a, it, 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 it makes me think about it differently, you know? So a story started to emerge. Well, I, you're kind of following the, the story arc of each thing because, the, because if you're following the Arkansas case, that's one thing. If you're following reproductive rights stuff that's another thing but reading all of it at one time as like a and kind of ignoring the other stuff until you get to that chapter is is a very different way to approach it, is. it I guess. it is i think that there's there's especially you know since we, we see things growing at a rapid pace and more and more people getting involved who don't know any of the stuff from a few years ago it, it's there's a certain amount of hindsight is 2020 when you look at like you know a a case that got lost or something to, to say, Oh, well that didn't work. That was a dumb idea or whatever. Right. But, but to see what the, the argument was contemporaneously at the time, like what, what the legal arguments they were making then at the time, it can help us be a bit more gracious. Yeah. <laughs> it can help us, you know, like you were saying, there are so many people who are very critical of, of, you know, TST's quote unquote failures. Well, maybe looking at the arguments at the time and what they were trying to do would help, you know, generate a bit more charity. Yeah. Is this, so I don't, I can't remember if we've talked about this in the past. Were you raised religious at all? Uh, I'm, uh, yes and no. Okay. Right. Like my grandmother was really religious. My and, grandfather, and what, not so much. And what my tradition? Dad, not really. In hmm? what, in what tradition was your grandmother? Like what? Uh, <laughs> Uh, Sorry, Greek I don't Orthodox mean. Catholic, I don't mean Greek to Orthodox like, Catholic. Ooh, that is very traditional. I don't mean to like probe into your childhood, but no, no, it's fine. <laughs> I've written about it plenty. Because <laughs> okay, well, so how does that intersect with with the writing that you've done? Kind of coming from this dual secular slash religious background, has has that informed your writing on Satanism? Has it influenced your writing on Satanism at all? Uh, on Satanism, I'm, I'm not so sure. I think in, in the sense that, you know, I, I went to an Irish Catholic college and I really got into the philosophy classes and I thoroughly enjoyed, you know, when, when we were in metaphysics and we were reading Aquinas and I'm like, well, what about this one? I think I can poke a hole in this one. And they're like, mm-hmm. it's Aquinas. I'm just like, I don't care. I think I can beat this one. <laughs> you can't poke holes in Aquinas. <laughs> so, so that kind of, um, you know, just defiant ethos was I think a valuable thing for me to learn in those times that that has come in handy, I guess. One of the things that has struck me more and more, the stereotype of Satanists, I think, is that it is for disaffected Christians. And there is some truth to that, and that's fine. I am one of those disaffected Christians. But especially through ministry, as I've gotten to know more and more Satanists, and and just kind of worked directly with more and more Satanists and not just, you know, be in my little bubble 
here on a mountain in my cabin in Appalachia. There's real diversity in the backgrounds of various Satanists. And so I have colleagues who are Jewish and consider themselves to still be Jewish, and they are Satanists. I know people from Quaker backgrounds. I know people who love their Christian background, people who hate it, people who come from Buddhist backgrounds, people like it's just all over the map. And mm-hmm. so did were you ever devout as a as a Catholic? Like did was there ever a time when you really believed I mean it? there was there was definitely a point where I genuinely believed it. So like what age were you when when you were really th- a believer? Younger than let's say 12. Oh okay. So you were like, never so you never somewhere had Somewhere in the range when exactly when exactly it went from, you know, when exactly it went from Santa's not real to God's not real either. I don't know, but it was somewhere, you know, it was somewhere in there. Right. So it, so it sounds like you've always been a very skeptical person and it sounds like your, your history with Satanism is more rooted in skepticism than it is necessarily a response. Well, I I think, I think I have a healthy distrust of organized religions and you want to, you know, really go in and kick the tires before you sign up. I think. Right, 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 right. So you so you developed a really I mean, being Catholic will definitely instill a healthy uh healthy distrust of religion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so one of the questions that I always get and we are totally kind of drifting away from the topic of your book, but I think this is all interesting, but you can always kind of guide it we back. We can we can drag it back to you, the book. We can always drag it back to the book. Oh god damn it, what was I about to say? Um where was it? Oh, yeah. So one of the questions that I always get asked is, so you had such a terrible experience in Christianity and you had, well, I don't I even, I don't even I, necessarily. Well, oh, no, this, this is, this is what okay. people tell me. And I did genuinely because I was raised Christian, but I don't, I don't, it was, it was both good and bad. You know, I had horrible experiences growing up gay in the church. And then I had wonderful, beautiful experiences because it was affirming gay Christians who saved my life. I wouldn't be here if it weren't for those affirming Christians or for the straight Christians who were 100% accepting of me. And so, and that wasn't, that was part of their faith. You know, that wasn't in spite of their faith. Their acceptance of homosexuality was deeply connected to what they believed about God, you know, the two were, were not. And so they, it was, it was of the same cloth for them of us, of a piece, their faith and their affirmation of me as a gay child, as a gay young person. So for me, it's way it's, for me, it's super complicated. It was both a horrific harrowing experience because I went through ex gay therapy and I, you know, all of that stuff. But then it was also a wonderful, beautiful experience because it was also Christians who saved me from that. And and I think a, a lot of people, especially Christians, will say, oh, you know, you had such a horrific experience with Christianity. Why did you choose to enter another religion? <laughs> <laughs> what possessed you to, to enter another religion? So with you, you are very skeptical of organized religion right what possessed you to enter another religion so i think the thing about the the atheist community such as it was in in 2010 2012 2014 when i was 
a part of, of that community was that, that it was very much STEM oriented science, you know, education and science, technology, kind of engineering, science, technology, engineering and math. There you go. And, and, and it always really bugged me that they could have just made it steam and had an A there for art and they completely left it out. And it was, it's always been a bias kind of on that part of, of atheism that it's, it's a little artless and, and that, that always bothered me. <laughs> no, it, it, it's always bothered me too. And it was one of the big hindrances for me, I think, in finally becoming an atheist. It took me years. And I think part of it was that hurdle for me. Right. But I think, I think that Satanism allows a framework to have that, have that artfulness without having to delve into theism. That's great and all, but that also involves people and religious structures and institutions. Yeah. So how and, do you, so, so how do you, and I say, okay, and I say this as <laughs> someone who is part of that structure and who loves it. I just find it interesting how different people are, can be so skeptical, rightly so, of organized religion than find themselves in an organized religion. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of skeptical of, of corporate powers, Sure, too, but sometimes you need a job. Right? <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, there, there's only so many ways to put an organization together that like is stable and s sustainable, right? So if you need an organization to get stuff done, then you can only make them some other. Otherwise, it's not an organization, right? Otherwise, it's just yeah, absolutely. a bunch of people doing random stuff. With no order, and that tends to be even worse. Um my cat is here to say hello. Hold on just one second. He has an inner ear problem, so he's very wonky oh and and he uh kind of can't balance. So oh, is he gonna stay? Mm. So I always have to pick him up and put him in my lap. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you on that. I don't think it's a contradiction. People always people always talk Well, to I think me. there's well, I think there's a difference between, you know, healthy skepticism and just being, you know contrarian for being contrarian's sake absolutely yeah and you know structure is a necessary part of life and a necessary part of community and i feel like tst has just kind of been dragged kicking and screaming into more and more structure <laughs> where it's like it started out kind uh, of yeah unfortunately <laughs> as things get bigger you need as, more structure exactly falls apart, right? but... exactly and that does mean you know imperfect people trying to work together and that often causes you know challenges but mm -hmm. are there so let's take it back to the book are there any stories in the book that are your favorites that stand out to you as as key pieces of writing that you are particularly proud of or stories that you are particularly proud of because when i go through my blog history there are a few standouts for me so what are those yeah. for you? I think the okay the the one where I uh, really tore into uh, Rapert's uh, mm -hmm. various five hundred one c threes and tell tell people tell people who Rapert is. Uh, Jason Rapert, the the state senator from Arkansas, is he still running for governor this year? Did he fall out? I don't I don't even remember. Let's let's look. Um, Keep talking and I'll Google it. But 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 uh, you know he had his his election campaign funding. He had his church, and there was a third thing. But but you know all these businesses went to the same address, 
And then he had his, uh, the 501, uh, what was it? The uh, American History and Heritage Foundation. That's the one. Mm-hmm. Uh, his he, he didn't have any 990s available. For, for a brief window of time, they lost their 501c3 status. And I, uh, I think some of is, that had to do with pointing out that they hadn't filed some of their paperwork on time. He is running for Arkansas Lieutenant Governor. Lieutenant in, Governor. In 2022. Jason is proven and trusted, is a proven and trusted public servant for Arkansas voters, having already won four general elections. First elected to the Arkansas. In a, in a district of like 60,000 people, first of all. Right, right, right. Make that clear. Not <laughs> a huge number of people. First elected to Arkansas Senate, District 35 in 2010, Rayford has been popularly re-elected on three occasions, winning in 2012, 2014, and 2018. He is chairman of the Senate State Agencies Committee, member of the Tax Revenue and Joint Budget Committees, past joint chair of the Legislative Joint Auditing Committee, blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah. Okay. So yes, he is still running. But he's the one who's responsible for the Ten Commandments statue out there. Uh, and so it, that was just a piece of, you know, investigative dive into the finances of him and his organization piece. And what you found... Because it matters. Well, what, what, what became apparent was that, you know, at the time when I was doing the article, he hadn't, that, that organization hadn't submitted any of the paperwork that they were supposed to submit. And so I just did a whole thing about it. And then not too long later, you check the IRS website and it's just like, they're suspended. It's like, cool. I don't know if I had anything to do with that, but cool. You know? So, so were they doing nefarious stuff in terms of like the division of church and state? Like what were, I mean, it's impossible to say with that. It's impossible to say. Right. But I mean, there, there was certainly stuff where, you know, the, was it pure flicks wrote them a $25,000 check for uh, the bathroom or for the 10 commandments monument. And I then, would be great if pure flicks wrote a, a check for the Baphomet monument. No, that would be good. That would be awesome. <laughs> you know, that would be, if they really believe in religious Liberty, then they would do that. Yeah. Help us out. <laughs> help us out. So, right. So, so they were accepting donations from religious organizations to, do this thing on state property. Yeah. And, and how much of that, like how much does that really mix? Right. Like, I mean, cause he also runs a ministry. How much is he, is he, you know, soliciting those donations at Sunday on church? Who knows? You know, like is, is that, is he doing that as part of his job or kind of after off the clock in his office? What, where does, you know, where, where do those lines meet and yeah. where and what's okay and what's not, you know, what, what's his ministry? What does his ministry do? It, it's, it's well, <laughs> according <laughs> according to the to the to the ministry's nine ninety that they, they do uh, missionary work in the Philippines. I think. Okay, is is that it? Is well, that all they do. The, 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 <laughs> I, I presume he has a church. He he definitely owns the property. He owns some big some big like estate house that okay is next to his house that he uses for for ministry conventions stuff. and praying and whatever. It's, yeah, um, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, there is so a, it's a, there's a whole bunch of, you know, and, and you kind of just want to point out the hypocrisy of, of, oh, he's saying all this cause you know, godly blah, 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 but you know, he's making bank and that money's going somewhere. And it, it, if, even if it's all staying in the businesses, he's enjoying, you know, the, the benefits of having it sort of, 
and and to how to what extent is that you know yeah and and to what extent is that making his expression of faith a little less genuine of course and how much of that is pouring back into his theocratic causes and government Mm -hmm. as well like there is this very dubious marriage between state and church in a lot of these state legislators. Right, yeah. And yeah, so so for people who don't know this you know this senator Jason Rapert, he was the one behind the 10 commandments monument. And then what happened from there? What what how did TST respond? What happened from there? Because like you said, we there are a lot of new people to TST who don't know much yeah. of the history. Yeah, well, I mean, that case is still ongoing. They're, they're trying to get the Baphomet statue placed on Arkansas's Capitol lawn. <laughs> in response to the... now did, In but response they, to the Ten Commandments when but, being there, which which makes sense to me. I'm, I'm all it, for pluralism. I, the, I, I, I like the idea of there being like these interfaith statue gardens. I think that sounds fun. It sounds Throw amazing. in a Buddha, let's go. Yeah, throw in a Shiva, throw throw in a um whatever. What do the Mormons have? An angel, the the angel who brought the the tablets. Angel, to, angel Maroni. Angel Maroni. Yeah, uh, I don't know if they make statues. I I don't know enough I, about Mormon. Neither do I. Like iconography to know what they right. I, just a, a trade of lemon squares because because <laughs> Mormon wives will always bring you lemon squares and. Do they? I haven't experienced this. <laughs> There's a lot, a very big Mormon population here in Mesa. And they and bring you lemon they, squares? Well, they, you, they're always baking cakes and cookies and whatever. I would be I, so the lemon okay squares with is like a is like a is like a standard. I, I don't wish, know why. I wish Mormons would bring me lemon squares. Well, maybe maybe you should answer the door when they knock. <laughs> you might have some. You should ask. They might. Um, no, I live way up in the holler, and I don't think there are any any Mormons here. There, there are other kinds of religious fundamentalists here, but not Mormons, sadly. And they do not bring me lemon squares. They no, no scare me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the Ten Commandments case is still ongoing. I'm trying to remember, did they remove the Ten Commandments monument in response to TST? Was that in that Arkansas? Case? No. In Arkansas? No, no, no. So there was a Ten Commandments monument in Oklahoma that got removed from a state capital. That's the one. Uh, but that was, that was, that was, I think that was a combination thing. Like the ACLU had already filed the suit, and I think TST kind of jumped in on it as like a, uh, what an amicus brief kind of situation maybe mm-hmm. arkansas the, it's still there and yeah and and the baphomet's not and the baphomet is not <laughs> kind of it right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you did this investigative piece into rapert and his various companies and organizations what are some other pieces that you're particularly proud of like if you were to hand the book to a stranger and be like, okay, here, here are these stories from this book that you need to read. Which ones would they be? I guess it would depend on who who they were and what we were talking new, about. Like, new TST member, new I person, think if, completely if, if they new were, to if, TST. Yeah, if it was okay, what 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 do you think? You know, all this stuff is about. Then it's then it's the I did one. Uh, Baphomet is more American than the Ten Commandments piece which was just me kind of rash reasoning through, you know, the, the 
artistic symbolism of, of it and being like, you know, I mean, this, eh, we'll put it next to the Statue of Liberty, see how that weighs out. I think it, <laughs> I think it yeah. makes a lot more sense. And, and so that piece, I think really kind of drove home this idea of just like, you can, you, you can be, you know, a fully American citizen and be a Satanist too, you know? Yeah. Would you say that it's, it's a part of your patriotism that that Satanism and your and patriotism it, it, I, go I together. It, it, it informs my sense of citizenship and put it that way. Yeah, that makes complete sense. I, I, it informs my sense of citizenship and civic duty, I think. Yeah, that makes complete sense. So we so we had the Jason rapper, the, the Jason Raper schemes. He's he's yeah. rifling through his book right now. And then what? Yeah, is- I don't know. I don't know if there's any one thing, one article from the Arizona lawsuit, the Arizona invocation lawsuit coverage. But I think that was that was the one that since it was here, like in my backyard with that my friends that story I definitely, you know, had the yeah, I had the the most insight and, and access to. So I think it's probably the the ones that I, I, I feel like I did the best, like actual like reporting, reporting in terms of okay, I've looked at all the angles and here it is in a concise way. Awesome. Yeah. And that was when Michelle and Stu tried to give a uh, an invocation in Scottsdale and all fucking hell broke loose. And there are images or there are scenes in the movie Hail Satan from that whole situation and just the mayhem that mm-hmm. exploded in response to it. Yeah. And that court case closed a while ago, right? Yeah, that closed a while ago with basically a determination that the city didn't violate any religious rights uh, through a bunch of technicalities and loopholes, if you ask me. But uh, it, it, it was also a case that, you know, it, in the, the decision, the judge was likely, well, we still affirm TST's religious, uh, you know, de- designation as a religion, you know? So, so that was important there. Uh, was that a win? Even though like, they didn't win. Was, was well, that it was a, kind of a, a it was win? kind of a, it was kind of a consolation prize, I think. Okay. As opposed to a win. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a win, but it was also, yeah, we, we definitely affirm that, you know, you're, you're, you've the, the right to seek redress as a religion kind of thing, which was important. Interesting. Yeah, it's so it's funny because what I got into TST for or not for, but what first drew me to TST were these high profile court cases and the protests and and stuff like that. So what got me what got TST on my radar was when my partner was sitting on the couch one evening on his laptop and then he was like, oh, my God, Stephen, you have to see this. And he shows me the screen, and it is a video on YouTube of a BDSM baby protest. (laughs) (laughs) And I just got it. It made sense to me. And that was my first exposure to Satanism, was the BDSM baby protest. I think that was in Boston. And that was one of Jex Blackmore's protests back when she was still Mm -hmm. with the temple. And I instantly got it and it made sense to me. And and then I started doing, you know, some deeper digging and eventually joined TST and so on and so forth. And the rest is history. And now here we are. But what initially got me into TST were these very high profile public events like the court cases or like the BDSM baby protest. Now that's totally flipped for me where 
like, you know, today I have spent the entire day kind of in my office buried under work for ministry and <laughs> and my entire life. And I, when I think about TST now, the, those high profile events, like we just had the bland, the, the Blandedsburg, the, the Blad, the Bladisburg cross thing, the bland, I can't even say Bladensburg? it. I think it's the Bladens, Bladensburg. the Bladensburg cross thing. Um, uh-huh. It doesn't even show up on my radar <laughs> because. Well, no, well that would that would uh, that would be a a a congregation level thing. So it's not something that unless it was your congregation, there's no reason for you to really concern yourself with that. Unless you're driving up for it or visiting. Because I mean, one thing that that I definitely missed during the pandemic, and and part of the reason that like the satanic estate happened was just we were all kind of used to bouncing around from place to place and hanging out with each other and helping each other with events mm-hmm. and then pandemic and nothing. And that all, that, that felt really weird for a while until we all kind of figured out how to interact with each other without going to see each other. Yeah. Tell people about the estate because the estate is a really important, Oh, well, just to finish my thought before we get to that. So many of these high profile cases, they, they aren't, the lifeblood of TST for me anymore. The lifeblood of TST for me is now the community, mm-hmm. just kind of those those day-to-day interactions, which I'm having every day. And there's and I and it's really lovely to just kind of be so immersed in the community and the day-to-day and the quotidian and the religious life of it. But the stuff that the, these high-profile cases are super important, and that's what the public sees, and you've been able to chronicle those really, really well. So anyway, that is the end of my thought. Tell Thanks. some, <laughs> tell some people about, tell tell people some about the estate because the estate has emerged as this really cool hub of community within the temple. Yeah, and it was I was I was doing uh, ongoing and necessary pursuit with TST TV. And because of, you know, stuff that other people had going on, I was interviewing everybody and I had interviewed Ada King and a few other other people from her goddess project. Mm-hmm. And we had gotten to talking about how it sucks that we could, because Ada and me met at, uh, at LA in, in, and so we, you know, kind of kept in touch and we were like, it really sucks that, that none of us can get together and hang out and, and do projects together and she's like well i got these tech friends who are working on this thing and so we started playing around with it and we're just like we could use this and and so so from there you know we told some other people and they came in and helped and and so we built this this thing where now tsd has online mass on tuesdays and yep special events and and it's just neat and fun and everybody likes it and that's the best did you just call it mass i guess is that services? Is that because you're a former Catholic? No, I'm kidding. Yes. Okay. <laughs> no. Yeah. So we have the uh, the religious services every Tuesday night, and they are amazing. And then all kinds of these, um, and then events for the various holidays. And it's 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 a it's 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 a wonderful thing. And it's yeah. You know, I don't even really pay attention other than the, to log in and watch anymore. It's it's cool how as it became a bigger and bigger thing, other people stepped in and said, Oh, Hey, I can do that. And mm-hmm. and they took it over. And then now it's just, it's, it's this self-sustaining cool little thing. Yeah. It's a very cool ecosystem, but you enter it, they have different buildings and you enter the building and it's 
like this really cool screen with like it just yeah, depends it, on it depends it, on which it always reminds it, it always reminds me of the map in Zelda like whenever it, yes when you flip to the map in Zelda <laughs> yes, exactly like, that's what it reminds me of but it's great because you're like okay I'm gonna go over here they're gonna go over here and there's all this stuff going on and it, all these it's, different it's rooms. a really fun little yeah. interface yeah and yeah. and I think that that makes it cool and special absolutely it's an example of people innovating during the pandemic to maintain community and and kind of maintain this religious life do you have any future writing projects on the horizon you i know you're writing for only sky and yeah. um what do you have going on there so where can people find you on only sky and do you have any like future projects well I, i'll be writing in only sky just look for for jack materko uh, i don't know how the how they file the, the url but i think if you just click the authors tab it comes down it'll, it'll show up under my name so people can just search for your name jack materko on only sky I have been thinking about, I, I haven't done uh, any ongoing necessary pursuits in a while. I think I'd like to get back to that before I do any like sit down writing, writing. Mm. Uh, I, I just feel like I have some, some interview itch. And I'm sure you understand this. If I you've ever totally taken a hiatus and yeah. yeah. So, so I'd like to do some more of that. I, I did a couple that are up on YouTube uh, under Jack Materko that are kind of a new format for ONP that I would very much like to take it into uh I, I kind of used them as promotional for the only sky launch because we needed to get the name out there but i would like to do like another full season for tsd tv if i can i think that'd be worthwhile absolutely yeah that would be great yeah i'm looking through your i'm, I'm looking through your catalog through the, the youtube stuff not on youtube uh, i'm I'm, oh. st I'm still on the uh only sky website oh yeah, you've already yeah, done I, a I, lot on here. You do a lot of writing. You're very I've been trying. It, it's 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 been. I've actually I've actually taken a break the last you know month or two while I was working on the book. Uh, but I I did get to just because I I am you know a third generation Ukrainian and I had that history when war broke out. You know, it was just like okay, I have a lot to say about this. Oh yes, I let's was like, talk Go about that. Let's let's talk about that. Yeah, and and I, I and I was already since I was already doing Satanism before that, I, since I'm already used to thinking of things in terms of, you know, like how religions interact instead of how governments interact, was something that, that jumped out at me was the, the tensions between uh, the Greek Orthodox church in Ukraine and the Russian Orthodox church in Moscow and how, how those power structures were interacting with each other to, to make this situation worse, especially since, you know, Putin is kind of all but nationalized the, the Russian Orthodox Church, right? So, it, I think I thought it was super valuable to explore things from that angle. And what did you find while well, exploring? I, there's, that angle? I mean, those power structures it, it definitely exist, and there is the, it, Putin is using the Russian Orthodox Church as a a kind of seed vehicle to spread russian propaganda into other places like they, they, he they just opened an exarchate in uh south africa a, a what that, a what is it it's an exarchate which is think of think of like uh you know like a a, a satellite office a diocese I, I think they, kind of like a diocese yeah okay okay in, cool. in south africa and that's new and it's just kind of like well what are you why are you moving into there russia you know right so they're they're using 
their yeah, like, religious I mean, they, arm as like propaganda in other sure. words. And, and I'm, I'm, I guarantee you they're like uh, Russian Orthodox churches in, in Donbass. Sure. Of course they were using that as propaganda vehicle. Why wouldn't they? Yeah. To basically cause like state unrest or, or, you know, stuff like uh, that. Whatever Russian identity movement was taking place out there that mm. they used to foment separatism. Right. Hmm. And, how did the Greek Orthodox Church? Well, the, the thing there this? is, it just part of this is is just really involved into how the Orthodox churches are structured, which is uh, a, a bit of a learning curve because it's not everybody hears Catholic and they think Roman Catholic Church, but the Orthodox churches are are a whole different animal, and there's like you know twelve different heads. So, so the Greek Orthodox Church is actually under. Uh, the Constantinople Patriarchate in Turkey and Russia has its own Patriarchate and, and Patriarchates are basically like every, they've, they've each got their own Pope. Many Popes. They're, Many Popes. Yes. But without, you know, speaking ex cathedra and without infallibility, right? They wouldn't say they, they would get mad about many Pope though. Cause it's not many, they think that they view the Pope as an equal and the Pope's like, well, I'm the first among <laughs> kind of jam. Right. And this goes this this gets into the one thousand year history of <laughs> the conflict yes, between this whole between huge thing about Catholicism that uh, and and the you Orthodox. Can, you can look it up, and it's a lot. Yeah, go and, read it. Go read the Wikipedia page. Um, I haven't seen much coverage of the role of the Orthodox Church in the conflict in Ukraine, and so I think there's there's some, and and then there's. Yeah. The, the role of the, the various Orthodox churches and their associated mafias, you basically have to go to the Italian press to hear anything about that. And they have mafias? Tell me more. Of course they have mafias. Tell me more. <laughs> I mean, you know, like the Russian, of course it's the Russian mob. Like, I mean, Yes, the Italian mob is in with the Roman Catholic Church and the Russian mob is in with the Russian Orthodox Church. And, you know, of course. <laughs> so basically what I'm hearing you say is that when... Satanists have their own mob. We will have made it as one of the, <laughs> as, as one of the world religions. <laughs> we don't need a mob. We have the entertainment industry. That's true. Very true. Um, <laughs> we have Sabrina stealing our Baphomet statue. <laughs> cool. So everyone should go read your coverage of of the war in Ukraine. It's really interesting. I did read some of your pieces, and it was super fascinating. You're also just a very good writer. I don't know if enough people tell you that, but you are an excellent writer. And um, I'm really glad that our community has excellent writers like you. So we do have a lot of good writers. We really, really do. And you are one of them. So where can people buy your book? What's it called and where can they get it? My book is Needs Must, Life and Times in Satanic American 2017 to 2021. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, it's on available in hardcover and kindle yeah amazing i will be getting it on kindle no actually i i have a book i have it you send it to me so i'll be reading that instead you can read i'm just gonna send you one of the hardcovers i got a box of them showing up tomorrow oh nice (laughs) oh well thank you so much i appreciate that i will it will go on and and i i I, I, see part of it is is just me being a ridiculous like document production nerd and exceedingly crowd of the fact that there's no widows and orphans on any of the pages and there's no what little... uh, okay so <laughs> in, in publishing in, in in publishing if you're reading a book and and the first line of the paragraph is the last line on the page and then the rest of the paragraph continues over here 
that's called a widow. And then if it's the other way where the last line of the paragraph starts the top of the next page, that's called an orphan. And it's bad because it, it, it just breaks your concentration. Right. It's have to skip in the middle of that thought. So I made sure because I did the formatting myself. There's none of those. Well, that's good to know. I appreciate I, that. I kind so, of attention to detail that I so really you, enjoy. <laughs> you aren't following in the grand satanic tradition started by Anton LaVey of terribly formatted books. You're trying to break that tradition of terribly formatted books. A terribly formatted book, <laughs> like you read the Satanic Bible. And... I mean, it's not like it's not like the 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 chapters are exhaustively well organized. They're loosely well organized. Yeah, but it's going to be sections. But it's going to be better formatted than the satanic bible where there are literal just pages that are blank like a gazillion pages that are blank and then the last part of the book he he you know padded it by adding you know enochian chants oh yeah all that. just like just yeah. like a few lines no, per page they, there's none of that there are there are a couple of the as as often happens with publishing just a couple blank pages at the back that you can use for notes if you oh, want, which fine. I'm always a fan of in a book. Absolutely, uh, that's fine. But that's, that's I like better having those, than his dozens, the dozens of empty pages. And just a couple pages in the back, so so you're not writing in the margins. You can just make little annotations in the back for yourself. I think well, that's always that that's always a good thing for a book to have. Thank Satan, we have a well formatted book by a satanist well done thank you all right everyone go read needs must uh by jack maturko you can find it on amazon or if you throw bricks through his window at 3 a.m maybe you can convince him to send you a copy do you have any final thoughts uh can i just end on a weird joke i can just end on a weird joke. i was thinking about i was thinking about how how you know in politics we need to compromise and the right wants to harden public schools by having more people with guns there and the left wants drag queens to read kids stories so why don't we just have the drag queens at the school and we arm them and that fixes their book and then they can read the kids stories and that should fix everyone's problem shouldn't it all right well that is it for this show the music <laughs> no that's a brilliant idea uh armed drag queens i think is a fantastic idea drag just, queens with ak-47s you know, is the answer yeah we should run you should run on that platform drag queens with ak-47 yeah that'll go over well in mesa arizona <laughs> it'll go over very well <laughs> all right well that is it for this show the music is by 11d7 the thing the theme song is called wild you can find it on apple music spotify or wherever you listen to music go give my friend matt langston of 117 some streams it will definitely help him as well the show is written produced and edited by me stephen bradford long it is supported by my patrons at patreon.com forward slash stephen bradford long and it is a production of rock candy recordings as always hail satan and thanks for listening <laughs>